Welcome to Real Purpose with Pastor Bob Land. God has a real purpose for each of us here in this life. It begins first with an intentional desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ who wants you to connect with Him. We appreciate you listening today and pray that you will join us next week for Real Purpose. Well, good morning. Hey, this is Pastor Bob Lenz with Real Purpose, and I'm really excited to have Ken with me today. He's going to share his testimony. He's going to share what Christ is doing in his life, a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, talk about what's going on with him and his wife, Diana, and their travels across country. But I'm going to let him share this and how powerful a testimony he has. Just a reminder about Real Purpose, what we're all about. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just give you the praise and glory. We thank you for technology that we can sit here today and share a testimony, Father God, to hear what's going on in Ken's life, Father, and all that you're doing. God, a man who stepped up and said, here I am, use me. How exciting, Father, to hear what you're doing. And God, we just want to give you the thanks and the glory for all that you are. We give you the praise, Father, for every provision, every blessing that you pour out, God, that we would turn back to praise. And we give you the praise, and we give you the glory in your precious and holy name, the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for all you've done for us, and thank you that uh, you kept us safe throughout all these years in the middle of all this uh, conflicts in the world, and you really delayed your coming to the point where we're able to be saved at this time and age. But we do look forward to your return, and we believe that uh, you will um, reward those who are faithful to you and that there is punishment for those who do not are not faithful to him and um, we just hope that as many who will come to you will as many as can as we can help come to you and we just ask that you would we'd be faithful and uh, bring in your word forth in Jesus name amen amen so again I'm going to introduce Ken and he is going to go ahead and share his testimony and his walk and so I guess my first question would be how did you connect with Jesus Christ? Well, I was uh, raised in, as a Christian, in a Christian home. And uh, I was baptized as an infant and um, attended church and uh, had a lot of um, um, interest in God. I came forward for salvation a lot of times. I love it. And uh, uh, I just, so many times the pastor said, told my mom, Don't, Don't, he doesn't need to come forward anymore. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, you know, I still had to go through, um, <laughs> had to go through the time as an, ad, uh, to get to the adult yeah. where I went into a stage where God wasn't important in my life. And I believe that evolution had a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. It stole a lot from my life. Wow. Believing, the belief in evolution, um, I think that stole a lot of my faith. Yeah. Uh, I had an experience as, as in, uh, when I was in uh, eighth grade where I broke my hip. And I had to have hip, I had to end up with two hip replacement operations. I'm sorry, not hip replacement, but hip, uh, they put screws in my hip. Wow. And uh, then they had took the screws out four years later. And, uh, <coughs> well, we went for, uh, my dad was, or uh, my grandfather was, uh, uh, had an evangelist he used to go see a lot. His name was Danny Davis, and he was a faith healer type person. And uh, they, they said I was healed. And they actually took my crutches away, and and I believed I was healed. And then I went to the X-ray, and the doctor said, "No, you're not healed at all." Wow. 
And so that had, uh, that crushed my faith a little bit too, as a matter of fact. And, um, um, well, I mean, since then I've actually seen God heal people, but that does not mean that, uh, just because someone declares that you're healed, that you're healed. And, and anyway, (coughs) I actually, um, um, it's a miracle that I'm even where I'm at. And I'll get to that too. later on in my story because, um, well, well, anyway, I actually, I'll just jump into that. Um, Seven years ago, maybe eight years, no, it was about six years ago, actually, a doctor told me I was going to have to have a hip replacement operation. Wow. And uh, I completely changed my diet. I got all the meat out of my diet, and I got all the oils out of my diet, and all the refined fl- uh, foods out of my diet. And I, I pretty much ate what they call a, a whole food plant-based diet. And uh, in four months... Uh, I basically was completely well and I was able to walk here now previously before I walked here I walked uh, it walked took me 25 minutes to get here to walk and uh, previously I would have been in excruciating pain just to walk five minutes wow going up a few steps I would have been in total pain and so um it's it's the Lord led the Lord gives us this food. As a matter of fact, in Genesis chapter one twenty nine, it says that those are the foods that God originally gave us. Okay, yeah. and those those are the foods that that bring health to us. So, so for those who are listening and don't know what a whole food is, could you give us kind of just a well? That's the that's like um, instead of grinding the flour, you just couldn't cook. You can cook wheat and you can cook oats. And, and they become they become like pasta in a way. Instead of making pasta, it actually tastes like pasta. Wow. Because you you just cooked a whole kernel of wheat in in I use the Instapot pressure cooker. I shouldn't have probably said Instapot. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we don't endorse Instapot. As a matter of fact, I don't even only use Instapots. There's another pressure cooker I use too. But I originally started with Instapot. Yeah, that's awesome. But um um, yeah, I wasn't planning on even talking on this. I don't know why I went over this way because what I was going to talk about was how I got saved. Yeah. So here I am, I'm wandering in the world and I've kind of lost my faith and I, I believe in God somewhat. A lot of my friends, they always looked at me as being, uh, a moral person yeah. and and, but I didn't really give much thought to God. So then, um, <clears throat> and I was drifting further and further into drugs and alcohol. And um, basically every day I smoked marijuana, and I'm not endorsing that either. And <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and I drank a few times a week, and whenever I drank, I always drank to total yeah. uh, blitz, you know, obliteration. And, um, well, and so I was, I had a house that me and a bunch of friends had run together and we part as a party house and everything. And then, uh, my mother would come over and, uh, uh, visit once in a while. Wow. And she was a, uh, and she is a, um, a very strong believer. Okay. And she wasn't phased by my worldliness. She still believed, 
okay? So there she was sitting on the couch talking with my friends, and I come in from work, you know, because I worked in a bowling alley. I'm not endorsing bowling alleys either. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, um, so she's talking on the, on the couch, and then she says she came over to give me my mail and everything. Now, these are the same people you party with? Yeah. And your mom's sitting there? <laughs> I'm sitting there talking with them. <laughs> I love it. Yep. And every time she'd come over, I always had friends over. Yeah. All my friends, would. They, some friends were rented, co-rented, and some people just, uh, just hung out, uh-huh. you know? So then um, one time, two of my friends actually accepted the Lord from her, praying wow. with her to receive the Lord, okay? Wow. And... Um, um, but they get they don't quit drugs, and they get into a total tangents, wow. okay, and they start believing stuff like they're the the prophets that uh, appear at the end of Revelation, you know, and stuff like that. Wow, and and they uh, think they can call down damnation, sort of like you know James and John <laughs> yeah, thought yeah. too. But uh, anyway, so they're way off on some tangent, you know. And so, but I already knew a lot about the Bible, but I never read the Bible. I, in Sunday school, we had Sunday school lessons about the Bible, but I never like opened a Bible and read it, yeah. you know? And so I start reading the Bible because uh, one of my friends got a Bible from my mom, then she gave it to me. Okay. Oh, that's funny. And then <laughs> that really is. <laughs> so I start reading it and uh, um, I just feel the Lord speaking in my heart saying that I'm, he wants me to be his disciple. And such joy and freedom came into my life at that exact minute. Wow. And, and cleanliness. I didn't even, wasn't even thinking about all that stuff, you know. Yeah. And it totally changed my life, okay. So then I go over and talk to one of my friend's mothers. Interesting thing is, you know how I talk about everybody being there? Yeah. When this happened, there was nobody there. So I had to walk over to a friend's house and I was going to tell the, my friend that I accepted to Jesus as yeah. my Lord. And his mother answered the phone, the door, I mean. And uh, she's, it's, her name's Linda. And she goes, the minute I opened the door, because I told her I accepted Jesus as my Lord. The minute I opened the door, I looked at you. You look so much different because I always hated you. Wow. Because I felt like you were leading my son yeah. into, into damnation. Wow. And just so you know, he was going that way anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it had nothing to do with it. He was going his own way. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, wow. Um, and since then, he's reformed his life quite a bit too. Wow. And uh, but um, so then, the Lord leads me on a fast, and I I fast for ten straight days, yeah. and I'm completely delivered of everything. Wow. Drugs, alcohol, swearing, anything, you know. Any, any known sin I had complete freedom of, yeah. okay? And people are like telling me I shouldn't fast so much. Yeah. I shouldn't do this. They're like starting to interfere with my God leading into my life. Were these believers or non-believers? Believers. Yeah, I can relate, yeah. Yes, yep. these, were all, these were all people that went to church and were, uh, and they start saying stuff like, you know, you're really not set free from sin. Sin is still gonna be, it's still there and you're in, in, you're in, in all this stuff. And, and, and you know, the, it, it, I didn't really know the experience. I didn't know sure. it until I got here, really, yeah. what I had experienced back then. Wow. And um, so, you know, and stuff like in the Bible where it talks about where uh, there's lots of warnings about people that turn away from the Lord. Yeah. 
and everyone I knew believed in the eternal security. I mean, once saved, always saved doctrine yeah. type thing. Yeah. Okay. I do believe in the eternal security of the believer as sure. long as you keep believing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a condition. You know? yeah, amen. And, and that faith, by the yeah. way, that faith also. Um, okay. Some people would call this works to repent from sin. Yeah. Okay. But guess what? Faith is the, the God you believe in. And that God you believe in is holy. That God you believe in is not a drunkard God. That God you believe is not a marijuana-using God. That God you believe in is not a cursing God. So when you turn to God, you're actually turning away from those things towards him. Okay? So here I am getting totally, um, well, confused, but also not knowing what I should really talk about. So I pretty much um, haven't really... been comfortable sharing religion with people too much because yeah. I, I feel like I felt like um, things I actually truly believed was not accepted yeah. you know so let me let me ask you because that word religion you know I tell people and we know that we, we hear it and it's truth the truth is it's not really a religion it's about a relationship because that's how I grew up what you know my family will say we're religious and yet live a horrific life mm-hmm. and didn't go to church or it was the fights and the alcohol and the drugs. Sure. But I think about people, when they think about religion, I didn't know anything. So mm-hmm. when I think about if I'm sharing, and it took a while in this relationship that we have with Christ, I could share what I've learned in my relationship with him because it becomes personal. And then mm-hmm. from me to the we to the all, that's what we, I've learned over the years. Yep. But to teach religion, the search of, it, it, I couldn't do it either. And, and I think that's what a lot of people will say. Well, I'm not religious or I don't want to be religious. Yes. And, to, and to, to change that from that word religious to it's not about a religion. Even though, because the world teaches us that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, religion is okay. Religion is going to church. So we grow up not realizing, even when I was this little Catholic kid, uh, I was religious because I was going to church mm-hmm. as a little Catholic kid. I never heard the word relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, I, I'm just saying because... I want people that are listening in right now, when they hear that, how many people are going to listen and go, well, I'm religious. Mm-hmm. What's Ken trying to say? Wait, wait, wait yeah. a minute. So I just wanted to make sure. To yeah, there's two, there's, two, um, there's two forms of religion. Because actually uh, the Bible does use the religion in a positive manner. So we're talking about a personal relationship. That's what I'm going to make yeah. sure I stay clear. Because, um, we're not, because the religion is not going to save you. Mm-hmm. It's that personal relationship. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. And the other thing I wanted to make sure I hit on real quick here that you said uh, that I thought was really, really powerful was in this in this walk about the little G's. I call the little G's, the little little G's, are the drugs, the alcohol, the 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 sinful nature, all that stuff. I call the little G's, and, and you were really clear on saying, you know, that's when you really got to change over through this um, repentance and, and this journey you go on to the big G. That And that's where we end up in this relationship with the big G, the real God mm-hmm. of, of heaven and earth. And these little G's that people turn to their gods mm-hmm. is really just mm-hmm. destroying lives and culture. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, um, the Bible talks about repentance from dead works, okay? That's basically trying to do religion yeah, amen. in a way that uh, you're trying to do something that's going to make you right with God, okay? Instead of being right with God and therefore doing yeah. Okay. Now, James in the book of James, it talks about um, pure religion mm-hmm. being acts of love. Mm-hmm. 
you know, where you uh, would visit orphans and people in prison and different things like that. Yeah. And so there was there's a distinction there between that. But how do you and, and that's why I want to keep hanging on that word religion because for me it's going back to that personal relationship with orphans. I could walk into an orphan and I've been I've been in orphans in Korea, I've been in orphans every everywhere I've ever lived because my my heart is about going wherever we need to go. And to be able to form that personal relationship with the orphans or or those that are in domestic violence or trafficking, you know, what I've learned is if I go in there and try to separate them from this thought of I'm not religious, I don't need God, then I have to go b- beyond that word and try to explain, like everything in the Bible, there's a word, words have meaning. So if you look at the word and say, okay, what's below the surface of religion, and you just hit on it, really about, you know, reaching and touching these lives. Mm-hmm. So not, not religion in the, in the worldly religion, and I just want to make sure, because some, somebody may be listening going, I don't have a clue what they're talking about. But that religious religion word that the world uses, it just boggles me mm-hmm. because I always will say, uh, I don't go to church because I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. Let me, let's talk about that. So, yep. yeah. Well, God's holy calling is the love. Amen. To love um, everyone. Yeah. Even, even the most vile person. Yeah. To love them. And, of course, that love is not in word only. Yeah. But in deed. Amen. And so... When, when somebody is mean to you, you have to respond in love, love towards them. Yeah. And so if they insult you, you can't insult them back. No. You gotta, you gotta, this, is, this could be their only chance yeah. to see a true Christian, yeah. to see someone who truly believes in the Lord Jesus, yeah. respond to them properly. And for somebody that's listening in that is not a believer or uh, I'm saying a follower, or filled with the Holy Spirit, they're not going to be able to experience this yet mm-hmm. because the world will always talk about, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for t- you know, all that stuff. And that's where we grow up, you know, don't take any garbage off nobody, you know, you, you're going to respond in anger. Mm-hmm. But so, again, reminding people, it comes down to that relationship with Jesus Christ that mm-hmm. uh, one day, you know, I hated somebody that hurt me uh, as a child or growing up, but now how I could. And it's a knee-jerk reaction because it doesn't happen overnight either. Mm-hmm. I know when I gave my life to Christ, uh, you know, it was a few months down the road that somebody hurt me. I was like, yeah, uh-huh. You know, okay, Lord, I was that, I was that John. Yeah, I hope you burn in hell, you know. Uh, but as we mature in our relationship, it becomes that love. It's like, okay, I don't have to hate you. I may yeah. not like you right now, but God tells me I have to love you. That's right. Well, from the minute you become a, 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 a accepted into the Lord's family there. Ba- yeah. Basically what happens is um, you, the Lord comes into you. Amen. And so you have that love 100% in you. You also carry with you your old way of thinking. Yeah. And so like it tells us in Romans that we have to renew our mind in order to uh, not respond in, this, in the way yeah. we used to. Yeah. And so, and also in like Second Corinthians chapter ten, it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. These people have thinking a, a way that's not godly. Yeah. Okay. Now their their ungodly thinking is just that may not that's not even that person, because that that whole philosophy could be any person yeah. stepping in their place. So let's say for for some reason you don't like the current president. His, the way he stands and everything. Guess what? 
He's just living that particular philosophy. Okay. And someone else can take, someone else can take his place and, and believe the exact same thing. And as a Christian, we're called to bless him. Yeah. Even if he says stuff contrary to what we want, we still have to, we still have to bless instead of curse. And we have to, um, get strength in order to do that sometimes. But, uh, you know, the Lord's good, and he gives us that strength. Yeah. So I'd like to pick it up back where you talked about, here you at the door. Okay. And this mother's standing, Linda, right? Yeah. She's standing at the door. and she, she, You already know what she's thinking, and here she sees you. And something, she, she says, there's something she already sees that's different than you. I hope mm-hmm. somebody that's listening right now realizes what's just happening. But I thought if you could pick it up right there, it'd be great. Yeah. It's a great story. So, <clears throat> like I already said, um, um she instantly saw a change in my life, okay? Yeah. And not only her, but a lot of, I mean, pretty much everybody else did, you know? Wow. And when I didn't, when, when I sat in the, the, the circle, I still hung out with the same friends, but we mm-hmm. sat in the circle when the joint got passed, I didn't yeah. partake, you know? And they'd all talk about how I didn't partake and everything like that. And, uh, Courage. and I was still um, invited to parties and everything like that and was try to be a, a good faithful witness there and everything like that. And, um, I can tell you some interesting stories back then when I first believed and I had, was able to touch people's lives there. And well, let me, ki- let me, let me stop you right there because what I want the people to hear what you just said, light in the darkness, you didn't abandon your circle, your community. And when we think about communities in our lives and we have several communities, our community of our church, our community of our families, our other friends, and we could be belong to five or six or even more communities, but you never left your community. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of where, and I, what I've seen happening in the church is a lot of times people will be saved and they give their life to Christ and then they get into the Christianese language and they start going to the church and then they kind of abandon some of the very people that they were around. And I, and I, and I wonder how many of those people's lives aren't being touched because some, you know, I'm saved. I don't want to be around no more. I'm good. I got the light in me. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to hang out and be in, with the safe people that are like me now. And they abandoned one community for the other community. Well, I eventually did that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I eventually got so involved in church yeah. that, um, but this is very beginning. I didn't even, I didn't even start going to church immediately. Yeah. And then um, when I did start go to church, well, this happened. I got saved in November, uh, born again in uh, November uh, 2000, I mean, not 2000, 1983. Okay. And then uh, January 1984, I got rebaptized because I was baptized as an infant. But this time I got baptized as a believer. And, And that was a meaningful time for me, too. And so. And beginning at that point, I got more and more involved in the church to the point where I eventually did not really hang out with those people anymore. Do you think that was intentional or was just it just it just it It happened both it happened both ways, by the way. Yeah. Um, A lot of my closest friends, they end up moving out of state. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the um, uh, I never really got any too many invited or anything or anything like that <laughs> so things some things died off that way but i never i never anytime i was ever invited to anything i always went even yeah. even in like a year later that's cool you know yeah and i still would consider every one of those people to be precious uh, someone i love 
dearly yeah even today yep i can relate yep yep and i would i would look for an opportunity to spend some time with them yeah yeah any chance i got which, which is in traverse city michigan which yeah. is some place i don't go very often <laughs> yeah <laughs> But it's amazing in this transition and when we're being uh, transformed uh, from these lives and we see these communities and I know I look back and to the people that I hung out with, especially, you know, later on. And, but whenever I had that chance to go back to be in these clubs where I performed with my buddies at, one thing I realized that when I went back and I was sitting with four or five of these people and hanging out and they were drinking, everybody becomes a theologian. Everybody, all these people that I hung out with, never ever talked about God in the, in the days when we just hung out. But boy, they sure like to have all these answers about God. A couple beers, and man, they, they were like great theologians. Mm-hmm. And I used to laugh because I used to think, this is cool, man. I'm sitting at a table, and we're having a discussion about God that they never talked about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah, There were more temptations, though, than I ever had when I was uh, unsaved. Wow. Because when I, when, I, um, when, when I became there as a representative of the Lord, uh, I would uh, get a lot more women falling all over me. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you're looking for that godly man, right? Am I right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. But they they were uh, they were they were a lot more aggressive. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was like uh, this is a dangerous spot to be in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, I learned a long time ago that, uh, as it was explained to me, uh, I went through that, and um, and praise God that you know Sandy came into my life, but it was the same thing, and I realized that. Uh, you know, there's women out there, especially when you, you sh- they're looking for that godly man. They, they, they're looking for somebody that's going to uh, treat them right, love them as Christ, love the church, no matter, <coughs> excuse me. And and that's what I learned, that, you know, that there's, that they want that safety. And I felt the same mm-hmm. way about, even as a male, you know, a follower of Christ. You no, know, I, I didn't want to give up this relationship. I wanted, if, if God was going to put this woman in my life, I wanted her to have the same passion and love for Christ. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I learned the same thing, especially I was part of the singles ministry for 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 quite a while, mm-hmm. and that's when I realized that the women wanted to be respected, they wanted to be loved, they wanted to be uh, treated with respect. So they're looking for uh, a, a man of God, mm-hmm. not somebody that's going to be different in the church and then be totally different outside the church, mm-hmm. and then walk that walk as a as a man and not mm-hmm. you know lust and things of the world and say and, and take advantage of that to stand that ground and say I'm not going to go there yeah. and take advantage of these women. So yeah, good point. Yeah. And as a man of God, you you can't react the way the world reacts. Yeah. And so, um, you basically how I how I do it is I say what I'm gonna say, and I try not I try not to uh, react negatively yeah. when someone disagrees or counters me. Yeah. And and I said what I wanted to say, and I don't get in an argument with them. Right. And I don't I don't I I I you know they're. If it needs more clarification or something, then I'll talk about it more. But yeah. if not, then I just let it go. Yeah. And allow them to say the last word also. Yeah. I don't have no problem with someone else saying the last word. Because I don't have to I don't have to win every argument. And it, and if they feel like that's some people think they win arguments is because they have the last word. Yeah. They but you don't. See, <laughs> there's there can be a lasting imp- impact on someone's life when they think they won the argument. Yeah. But there's still that seed there. You know, you remind me of an old sales uh, technique I was told when I was in transmission business, and I worked for a guy named Carl Cash, Johnny Cash's cousin. Carl Cash always told me, he said, when you speak and you make your final pitch, don't say anything, because the last one who speaks, 
don't say anything. And usually it's a counter. They're going to lose. So he said, just make your point and don't say anything. Hmm. And so good point. I, I never thought about that. I wasn't thinking about that at all. Yeah. I wasn't. I was just thinking that, you know. Yeah. You don't want to get into quarrels and arguments with right. people. And you don't want to. Uh, basically, you want to be like Christ did. Yeah. He didn't. When he went before the people, he didn't speak up to defend himself. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to say why someone was so bad to you that you yeah. did something else to them. You know. And most of the time, he didn't even reply. So sometimes throughout the questions, and mm-hmm. Jesus just went on to the next thing, and I was like, wait, he, he didn't answer that question either. Yep. He didn't have to. Yep. Yeah, good point. And like when you know, he had lying accusations against him. Yeah. He didn't defend those either. Yeah. You know? And same thing happened with um, John Wesley, for instance. People said all kinds of stuff about him yeah. that wasn't true just to try to um, get throw him off course. Yeah. Yep. And he took the nonviolent path every time. Yeah. When uh, they would come in there and try to break up his meetings, they would, uh, they would always not resist. Yeah. They would always just uh, take whatever they were going to take. Yeah. Yeah. So, li- so, so here you are. You're now you're involved with the church. You're you're p- becoming part of the Christ community. So, what was your first experiences in the church? Uh, the, you know, ministries. What was this new kind of world? You know, this new community life kind of like for you? Well, I got hooked up with uh, um, the youth pastor. All right, not youth, but um, he was a youth pastor too. But it was it was a singles group. Yeah, and. Um, he kind of uh, uh, got me to uh, to kind of be a um, assistant of his. Yeah. And so we would do little group meetings and everything like that, and we'd actually go on the street and evangelize and some of that. And um, and then uh, the pastor of the church, this was a this was a non-denominational charismatic church. Yeah. He. Um, um, and the interesting thing is I've always been attracted to non-denominational charismatic churches. Yeah. That's the ones I've always gone to. Yeah. But I'm not a tongue talker. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but I've always felt comfortable there. And, uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I've never um, felt like I had the gift of tongues. Yeah. And actually, uh, most of the time, I do not believe I had the gift that I've ex- experienced anyone around me that had the gift of tongues. Yeah. Because... Well, maybe I shouldn't really talk about this stuff right now, but <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I mean, we're gonna have you back anyway. But that, that's a, that's a good the subject. That's a good topic for another time. I mean, absolutely, because there's a lot of confusion out there and a lot of beliefs out there, and uh, that's one of the things I deal with the pastor of a church. Again, I believe tongues. I believe it's very possible. I, I, mean, I oh, think sure. I, be, I believe it's gonna happen. There's, I mean, it's already probably happening, but I think it's a real language. Yeah, I do too. And, and, and as, as it's a not, not just some babble thing. No, and that's and a lot of times I hear people and I, in the Wesleyan Church, it, it's up to the pastor if somebody stands up in, my, in the church during a service and they and they start speaking and it's babble and I can't interpret, then I got to ask them to sit down. Um, but I think there's a bragamonia for some people or... There's some there's people. That, it, right, well, I, we, believe in, we believe in there's a prayer language of, of, of the church. We believe that there's a speaking of tongues but everything in appropriate time and what God can do. I believe God can do anything. But I know I've, I've had people walk in and tell me, I just want to let you know, Pastor, uh, every service at this time, I get up and speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, so you already know the Holy Spirit's going to move exactly at that time, exactly with this thing. So, you know, in, the, in, the, in all the years I've been pastoring, 
it's been just babble to me and, and more of a bragamony for people than it has ever been anything. Sure. My wife prays in tongues. Sa- Sandy speaks. And, and I, and, but she's very gentle when she does it. And I'm just amazed. I've never done it either. I never, I just haven't. Mm-hmm. But I don't discount what God's going to do in the right place when God chooses to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great, great discussion for another time. So, it, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so there I'm in this group, and the pastor wants to, to, to kind of like, um, Train me up to be a pastor too. Oh wow! Okay, and uh, but I I end up going on a trip to Israel, and be on a mission trip there. Yeah. And I spend uh, six months there on a kibbutz. Wow! And uh, have a lot of experiences there. I'd like to share with. That take a whole another podcast yeah, I, I to mean, go through yeah. what happened in Israel yeah. and and how, uh, what I learned about Jewish stuff and some of that would be really neat to talk about yeah. another time, but. Um, so then I come back and the pa- and the pastor's daughter gets in a terrible car accident and he quits wow. being pastoring. And then um the assistant pastor who was also the youth pastor yeah. and he ends up getting a divorce and he just moves wow to uh, another state New York state. And uh so then it's like um I just nothing ever happened after that. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. then, uh, um, so then I, about then is when I start uh, getting messed up in the doctor and stuff a little bit. Yeah. Start not knowing what I could share and what, what was real Christian faith and everything yeah. like that. Because I could see clearly, you know, there was warnings about turning away. Yet people are saying, you're once saved, always saved. Yeah. And um, I had discussion with pastors about that before. And it just always seemed like it was I, until I came here. And the fun, funny thing is, well, I shouldn't really say. So anyway, when I came here, I I realized that all my life I've actually been a Wesleyan. Yeah. yeah. Even though I never went to Wesleyan church before. Yeah. And uh, that the doctrines or the way of the Wesleyan uh, philosophies yeah. of of how we call it core beliefs, core beliefs. There yeah, you go. Yeah. How that stuff really lines up with what I've always believed Amazing. and was always hindered from, from really saying, and yet God was giving you that discernment long before you ever came here because you just said it. And, and again, people that I tell them there's that inner voice, there's God's voice and there's Satan's voice, which voice are you listening to. Yeah. And, and, and here you are already filled with the Holy spirit. We know that. And then there's that discernment with you after all this tragedy in this church, that something was just, God was speaking to you and, and this unrest that something didn't make sense and you're going through all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, I think that's so cool. That's being in tune, I call. Being in tune with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you were well, still searching. And in some ways, though, actually, um, um, it definitely uh, hindered holiness in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I didn't, everyone I, believe, everyone I knew didn't believe in that. Huh. Wow. You know, they didn't, they believe that you should sin and stuff of that, but they didn't believe you could not sin. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a major hindrance in my life. I've grown so much just being here and, and, uh, just experiencing what the, um, what the, what the implanted, implanted, what God implanted in, in me yeah. and continues to sustain in me and has always been there and is always full measure. Because God isn't divided up into parts. You receive Christ, you receive 100% Christ. 
Okay. So I received 100% holiness yep. at that point. But here I was, um, basically, vain philosophies yeah. had stripped those beliefs away from me. Oh, great word. And, and they had um, basically said, you know, you really can't live it out. Wow. And so I actually wasn't living it out. Yeah. So it became a fulfilled prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now when did Diana come into your life? And I know we're, we're getting, we, we have, we have a good 10 minutes left, so we'll just keep going. But so when did this, when did Diana come into your life? And, you know, we were so blessed by you guys walking in this church and, and not only that, not, not, there's many reasons, not just because you're, you're, you're here and sit in seats and we know that's not the philosophy that I have as a pastor, but discipleship, spiritual formation, your hunger for the word. Uh, you're somebody that I could talk to and I know, and that's, it, we, it was called that scratches that, that itch. And sometimes it's good to have people in the church that you could actually just sit with. But that's the mature believer's transition, right? Yeah. When you start having those little deeper conversations, and that is a blessing for any pastor to walk in when you see his congregation maturing in this transformational walk and you're sitting back going, wow, we're having these great deep conversations about a God that's so big, we're never going to know it all. But we're, but we're talking about him, yeah. So when did Diana come into your life? Well, Diana came into my life about 10 years ago. Wow. Um, maybe a little bit less, maybe about nine or eight. But I was her trainer in truck driving. And uh, um, nothing romantic or anything, but we became friends and yeah. we stayed friends. And um, um, okay, this is going to be, this is, okay, let's, we were both were married to other people at the yeah. time. And so we're going to be talking about divorce here, yeah. which isn't necessarily um, the normal thing for a Christian podcast, probably. So I, real purpose, but right? We're talking the real things here. We were both married, and we both had bad relationships. Yeah. Okay? And um, my ex-wife, she tried to control me quite a bit. Yeah. Okay? And... Um, basically we only had sex two times in our life wow. and here we are talking about sex on the podcast yeah. <laughs> real purpose and, right and intimacy right God. 18 years yeah. 18 years we were together and um, she was always resistant to that yeah. we had sex on our honeymoon for the first time and we had right. sex um, about, like about 10 years later yeah. and um, on our 18th anniversary, I brought it up and she said, no. I said, well, okay, well, we're done then. Yeah. And we tried to go to counseling and, um, we had gone through counseling and she always cries during counseling yeah. and all this stuff. And, um, and the pastor, you know, he wants me to have more compassion for her cause she's struggling with this and all yeah. this stuff, but it's all control. Yeah. Because she controlled in a lot of other ways. She controlled yeah. in how the money was spent. As a matter of fact, um, she spent all the money as soon as it came in, yeah. you know. And then I couldn't even tithe. Wow. And we ended up with, we had like over $50,000 in credit card debt. Yeah. You know, and it's all, she's just spending money. She's controlling everything. She's spending all this stuff. And so then um, I just said, that's it. Yeah. And, and, and so started the process of divorce and um diana's at the same time her husband had deserted her 
and he wasn't a Christian at all. And uh, so we both were officially still married when we started getting together. Yeah. But um, I was in the middle of the, doing the divorce. Yeah. And she hadn't even gone through the process because she'd never really thought about needing to be a divorce or anything like that. Yeah. And um, so then um, we uh, I we end up uh, teaming up together as truck driver team. And I had been teaming up with someone else before then. Yeah. And so, and then um, we're still, I'm still in the process. It took me about, it took me almost a whole year to get divorced. And, uh, and then it took her a short time, but she didn't start until then to get divorced. Cause I, every time we went home, I had to do court things, Yeah, you know? And so then as soon as my court thing was over, she got her court thing over right. quickly. And then a couple months later we got married. Awesome. So and one thing, one thing I want to make sure that when somebody's listening right now, there's 26 um, different forms of abuse, and and right at the top of the list is control, whether it's finances, even even uh, scriptural using the Bible against, you know, there, there's people that do that, uh, intimacy, that that sexual relationship, and that is all part of control. So, but a lot of people associate, well, you know, that abuse, they always seem to think it's the male against the female, the husband against the wife. It goes both ways. Mm -hmm. There are females that have abused their husbands. So abuse is not limited to one gender. I just want to, or by age. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's listening, I want to make sure they hear that. So maybe if they're going through some kind of abuse, they should get on the phone. They can call this number, 573-212-4100. It's 573-212-4100. If you're listening to this and you're somewhere and you're not near Missouri and you're in another state, give us a call. I will get a phone number and I will lead you to somewhere where you should get some safe counsel. But I just want to make sure people hear that. The forms of abuse are not limited to a gender. And, and I know uh, I come out of a prior divorce myself, uh, same thing. And so I understand what it means that uh, God didn't intend us to be abused. He did not. And um, there used to be this old philosophy, I think, and probably still some pastors out there, that want to keep people in their abuse. And that's not good advice. That's not godly advice. God did not intend this to go through abuse. And there's scriptures and there's, there, there's, there's, there's a, um, uh, when we get divorced, is it a biblical divorce? Uh, where was it abuse? Was it somebody that was unfaithful? So I just want people to hear this. If you're going through this, make sure you get on the phone and make a phone call. So, yeah. One thing's for sure. Um, w- no matter what happened then is now, and now I have a, I can live a holy holy life. Yeah, amen. Um, any any time you're you're uh, no matter where you were in the past, today you can live a holy life. Yeah, amen. And today you can have a holy marriage, yeah. even if in the past you didn't. Yeah. And today you can have, um, if you're not married or if you're married, no matter what, you have holy sexuality. Yeah. Um, in the past, you may have made mistakes. Yeah. And you may have lost your virginity or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter because guess what? Today is the day that you have yeah. to live holy. Yeah. You can't live holy in the past. Mm-mm. You can live. You can live holy in the pro- in the future, but we don't have a future promised. Right. Except for we're in heaven. And guilt. 
How many yeah. people were living in these, exactly what we talked about, and they live in this guilt, and they're, they're mired in, they're, they're stuck, and they're, I'm not worthy, and I, I live the sinful life, and, or, or walk in, and there's, you know, let's be truthful, there's, a, there's churches out there, there's condemnation from the time they walk in. I know people have said, I walked in, they found that we, I was divorced, and I couldn't do this, I'm not allowed to do this, I'm not, so let's, let's just keep re-victimizing. I got to know a victimologist, and when she was explaining to me a lot of what victimology, the church falls into this many times. We want to victim, re-victimize people and make them feel guilty, and that's not the God that I know. That's not the Jesus Christ that I know that went to the cross to forgive my sins. I mean, you know, b- before, the, it, it, you know, a lot of times the, I remember being asked, you know, this was before, I call my BC days, before Christ that I was making these decisions but here we are today. It's like you said, today we can live this life in Christ, live this holy, strive to live a holiness life. Mm-hmm. And, and boy, it's so much sweeter and so much better. That's right. Not to, to live and make those goofy decisions. Um, poor foundations. You know, mm-hmm. now we, we, we stand on a strong foundation, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I hear you. That, that's good. And this thing I talked about in our, my marriage, I don't usually talk about this stuff. Yeah. Because I don't want to make it sound like um, I'm making excuses for myself yeah, and that, that um, I'm uh, trying to make someone look bad yeah. who's not even there to talk about it. Right. But uh, in, the, in the past, my ex has said a lot of things and I never responded to it. Yeah. I never respond to it. She's told all, she's on Facebook, all my old friends and everything. She's said all this stuff to them and I never, and I tell my old friends that uh, you can still be her friend. You don't have, yeah. you don't have to, um, and and um, I don't have any. This is the most defense I've really said publicly. Yeah. This little bit here, I don't usually. Um, I don't have. To, I don't I mean. I don't want to make anyone look worse. Right. Just so I can look better. Yeah. Well, when I was asked about my prior divorce with the Wesleyan Church, when I was going through my ministerial classes, uh, during my interviews, I was talked about, and I said, look. I'm only going to give you one side. She's not here to defend herself. I'm giving you one side. Mm-hmm. And I could tell you it's the truth all day long, yep. but she's not here to defend that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you what I believe to be everything that's truth. And then you have to decide at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And uh, because I made a choice that, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk mm-hmm. bad about her to my sons or daughters. And that's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So like you said, I love that, that one of the high points of this conversation has been don't have to defend and don't have to respond, right? We, we stand yeah. on, on the foundation of Christ yep. and it goes back to that love. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that I know that are not uh, following Christ, they hate each other and there's just bitterness and it just, it just succumbs their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet I know people that, I know people in the church that have been divorced, they're best friends with their exes, their families are, it's good for, you know, they do stuff together as families. That's, that's different, but you know, I see that in some people and think, well, that's great. I can see God working in them with prior relationships. Mm-hmm. Now, I may not be able to do that, but that's okay. I mean, yeah. but uh, I have no remorse and no more hate. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I want to live that holy life. Yeah. So I hope somebody that's listening in that may be going through that, they're probably saying, I want to live that life too. How do I do it? Yeah. We'll get on the phone and call 573-212-4100. And either I'll direct you to Ken or you ask me and we'll have this conversation. But yep. God does not want us to live in con- condemnation. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't. Yeah, good point. And the Lord has really blessed blessed me through all this, yeah. through, through basically all the hardship I had in the past. That uh, um, I think that the Lord has rewarded me with Diana. Yeah. 
and we have a we have a really wonderful holy relationship. Yeah, and for those that don't know you, and we get to watch, it's like when when uh, they had the city event a, cu- a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I kept looking for you, and I knew I knew you were gone, but I didn't relate because you're always together. Uh, a great grandpa that steps in there, and uh, you know, and you do things, and I see you guys, and then you get to travel together, and you enjoy it. You're you're zooming in for your truck for our Monday night men zoom. Uh, that's a relationship that I believe that I hear Skip. We, he used to say all the time, out of a billion people, God drew your lives together. Mm-hmm. And even with the past relationships, you know, I look back and think, God, um, I wouldn't change anything to be where I am today because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be the person I am today. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't look at relationships or be able to see people as a pastor in the church that are going through these hardships and say, wait a minute, I promise you there's light at the end of the tunnel. But God does not want or intended your life again purpose and passion i know the plans i have for you but but we have made decisions before christ that have messed up those plans because we weren't interested in what god had planned it goes back to the self-directed life the what's good in, what's in it for me that enticing looking apple that looks so good the poor foundations and now we have these 66 love letters that tell mm-hmm. us this is good this is how you need to make these choices mm-hmm. so yeah i just want to kind of you know for people that don't know you guys to see you walk in, it's always exciting. You come in in the middle of the night sometimes, and whoosh, you, you're gone back on the road. Yep. Yeah, it's exciting. And yeah, matter of fact, we're leaving tonight after church. I know you are. And what's so cool is that you guys, you you come in, and not just as uh, I think about husband wife, but as friends, you ge- you could just sense this this genuine, authentic friendship between you, and about God mm-hmm. and how you share. And I've never heard you once talk about well, she needs to think this way, or I've heard Diana say well, Ken needs to think this way. And like Sandy and I, I realize she has her walk with Christ and I have mine. And I, that's what I get from you guys. Mm-hmm. You give yourselves permission to both walk that walk with Christ. And yet you get to talk about stuff and interject. And at the end of the day, maybe that comes back to that. I'm not going to argue with you. I, I could say what I say. And at the end of the day, just like I do with Sandy, I'm going to share with her. But at the end of the day, she has to have her walk and let her be with God. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's cool. That's right. Yeah. And uh, she thinks a lot like I do. Yeah. Um, almost every issue. Yeah, that's true. Although she's a little bit more uh, outspoken about things. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I don't know anybody that's been in Facebook jail <laughs> more than Diana. And for the things that are crazy out there, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I try to give her, like, put somewhere, and I'm like, it won't go. It'll say, give me that little message. And I'm thinking, oops, she's in Facebook jail again for yeah. speaking truth. Yeah. Well, you, well <laughs> you can't. First off, you can only um, you can only s- share an open forum. Yeah, things that are um, could be offensive. Yeah. Uh, when there's the restrictions, you have to yeah you have to live within the restrictions or just move on to something else. But she is unapologetic and she is unafraid, and, yeah. I, and I love it. So, so we got about. Uh, about five minutes. Uh, so, what what would be, th- and we're gonna have you back. What is the what do you want to say to those that are listening? Maybe there's that one person that's listening so intently right now. They're gonna listen to this several times because they're gonna say, "I heard a lot of good stuff." What do you want to say to him or her? They're listening in. Well, the Lord Jesus loves you, yeah. and he paid the he paid the price. He came he came here onto the earth and lived as a human being and was obedient in everything that was he was supposed to and unlike us who have fallen many times in many ways he was 100 percent faithful yeah and when the time came 
he, he did die for us. Yeah. And he died for, in our place yeah. because we need someone to die for us. Yeah. Because um, we, we have fallen short. Yeah. But God gives a provision. And he said that unless I die, you cannot um, when the seed falls to the ground, how's that go? You're talking about the, the seeds and the rooted and some fall in thorn bushes and some, and you well, have to really die to live. You have to be willing to die to self to really live in Christ. Yeah, That's he had to die. Yeah, yeah. He had to die yeah. in order to to bring many people yeah. into his kingdom. Yeah. Yes. And so the Lord Jesus, um, he, um, he died, but then he didn't just stay in the grave. No, praise he God. rose again. Amen. And he taught us how to live. He taught us all kinds of things. But yeah. when he rose from the dead, he, that was his victory. Yeah. That was his victory showing that everyone who joins with him yeah. will also be raised into to eternal life also. Yeah, and that's really key that I want people to hear is you're out with the old life, you're resurrected with him, and I'm not talking about just bodily resurrection. I'm talking about spiritually, you, how you see the world, but I'll always remind people the maximum you give is the minimum you get. The maximum you give will be the minimum you get back. And if you just want to attend a church and sit in the pews or sit in the, in the seats, whatever that is, looks mm -hmm. like for your life, if that's all you're going to give, that's all you're going to get back. And you're going you're gonna to hear a lot from man. But if you go dig deep and you find them people in the church that absolutely love mm -hmm. and are passionate, then how do you find your purpose and passion in Christ but to give him everything? And, when you, and I remind people that when your life collides with Christ and you really truly follow him, that's when your passion and purpose collide with Christ. And then you never work a day in your life. You won't have to struggle mm -hmm. with this. But he wants all of it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want 99.9%. .9 he wants all of it. That's, that's why right. I wanted to have a podcast or a radio, whatever it looked like, to be real and mm -hmm. purposeful. That we could talk about the real issues. Mm -hmm. I think about what we talked about here. You don't have to win that last argument. You don't have to say that last word. Or um, we talked about sexual intimacy. One of the very things that God provides for us in, in intentionally for marriage, that, that intimacy in prayer, intimacy physically with our wives. You know, God created man and woman, one male and one female. We believe that. Mm -hmm. um, intimacy uh, in, in this relationship with him between starts with a wedding and ends with a marriage in the church. There's so many things here that, that were covered today mm -hmm. um, and, and so much more to talk about the next time we get together to do this. So um, I'm just reminding people, look, it takes that, that decision you have to make right now it could be the greatest decision that you can make in your life you're listening to this you heard ken's story and you're saying i want that i want what he has and you could have it you just have to give your life over to christ you can do it right now mm -hmm. and i'll let can you lead him in the sinner's prayer or however you want to do it because i know there's no set perfect way and you've heard me talk about the sinner's prayer thing i don't want to mm -hmm. i'm not one to believe you have to beat everybody up and kick them in the teeth so they can end and say you know to give the life of christ so i'm gonna let you lead that person that's listening right now that that's sitting there and saying, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. So mm -hmm. I'm going to let you lead somebody in that. Yes. Yeah. Lord, uh, thank you for all you've done for us, that you died for us on the cross, that you rose again, yeah. and that you have said that you would send your spirit to those who ask. So in the name of Jesus, I do ask. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would 
um, renew me in your life and that uh, you would send your spirit into my life and I receive your spirit in Jesus name and I walk and I will walk in newness of life mm-hmm. in that spirit that hundred percent that you give to me I will walk in that new spirit in Jesus name amen amen if you haven't if you listen to that but didn't pray it and you want to rewind I'd say rewind and pray that prayer that Ken just prayed and receive him profess the name of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior there's always that question can I call him Lord him not have lordship over my life and I will always faithfully and diligently say no if I want him to be Lord of my life then I don't want to call him Lord if I don't give him complete lordship and that means 100 percent and you just heard a testimony just a piece of it so we're going to get together next time, and we're going to we'll, we'll go into the second chapter of this and talk about things we talked about. Maybe it is. What was that, what was that thing you talked about? You used the term for tongues? Uh, 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 you see, Language? You used, no, you used a little term I never heard before. Ray, be, I'll probably have to go back and listen and okay. hear it. You said something about tongue, tongue talker. I never heard it put like that. Okay. I'm not a tongue talker. I was not a tongue yeah, talker. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never heard that term. So, but you know what? We serve a great God. Capital G, the big G, right? Not the little G. And we're excited. So just want to tell everybody, have a blessed day. And don't forget to uh, um, tune in for our next. This will be posted today. And again, I'm going to give our number, 573-212-4100. That's 573-212-4100. If you have a question for myself or Ken, and, uh, and, and uh, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Be blessed and know that Jesus loves you. God has a real purpose for each of us here in this life. It begins first with an intentional desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ who wants you to connect with Him. We appreciate you listening today and pray that you will join us next week for Real Purpose with Pastor Bob Lenz.